What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Spencer Burke podcast. I am Parker Rep, and this is Spencer Burke. No What's up, everybody? Spencer Burke. I hope that people realize that I'm the guest here. Parker's the host. He is the <laughs> Parker Rep podcast today. Yep, I guess so. <laughs> happy Friday, man. Yeah, happy Friday. I'm I'm tired. Like, I'm we too. Just, we just did a full day of work, and now we're doing one of these. Yep, we're here today. We uh, I spent the morning at Precision filming. I ended up getting some new parts for my car, and also I had Mike do like a initial checkup, which I'm excited for, man. I have so much planned for this car, and it was the first time they uh, the whole team there saw the car. Yeah, that's sick. I know you have a lot planned already, oh just from gosh. just like the companies that I've seen have that have messaged you. It's kind of insane. Yeah, I mean the level of this one will be. I'd say 10 times more than what I had anticipated and 10 yeah. times more than what I've done in the past too. Definitely. Yeah. And you said you want to focus on high quality parts, right? That's like your main goal with this one. Yeah. Speaking of high quality parts, you can check out redline360.com. Oh, that's right. The sponsor of this episode. If you're looking to modify your car in any kind of way, if you want to do suspension, if you want to do track mods, if you want to do cosmetics, if you want to do headlights, Everything you can imagine is over on redline360.com. They have been a company that I've used and Parker has used as well um, that have everything you could imagine on their website for your build. So if you're trying to find a resource where you can look up all the parts that you may already want or you're looking for inspiration for new stuff that you don't know, stuff that you need yet, they actually have different categories where you can go on there and search either cosmetics or wheels or spacers, exhaust systems, safety gear, anything like that, and you can start getting some inspiration. So if you're looking to modify your car and you need something new for the car, you already know what you need, you can check out redline360.com. They have all the parts you could imagine. So all of the information is below. You can check out redline360.com. Sweet. So I'm gonna go shop. Yeah, I've been looking at the first mods I want to do to my car. And the biggest thing I'm looking at is like driver mod. Obviously, it's getting to the track. But uh apparently after I went to Precision Dynamics today, they were like, Don't push your car until you do the crank hub. Like which don't is, do it. Which is funny because you were like, Oh, you want to drive my car? <laughs> and of course, I gotta get the full experience. So I floored it. But I guess Mike said not to. So, Mike, if you're watching, I'm sorry. Yeah. They're going to pull the engine and be like, did you floor this recently? I'm like, not me. <laughs> I mean, I didn't I didn't spin the crank hub. So. Well, I learned a lot today. The coolest thing was is that uh, I filmed with Mike for about literally 35 minutes of filming. So I was there for two hours, and for 35 minutes it was constant filming, which if you guys don't know how typically YouTube works, and Parker would understand this too, and if you're a filmer as well, that – you know, let's say that you spend a whole day filming from 9 to 5 p.m. Typically, I have about 45 to 55 minutes of footage. Like, that's kind of where it falls off. Like, you showing an install, maybe some explanation, some B-roll. I had 35 minutes of Mike just talking. Yeah. So, it was, like, very natural to be back on camera. Very nice to be in front of the camera. And um, I asked him after all the talking, I was like, Mike, why do you share so much information? Like, why? Like, most mo people comment on my videos and they go, dude, Mike is such a dream mechanic. Yeah. And I never realized how fortunate I was to have a good friend and a mechanic like that. But he's like, I'm a car guy, dude. I love helping people. And I thought that was super admirable. Like, what's your experience with Mike? Yeah, I mean, he's the same way with me. Like, he's always willing. And I think he is with every single customer. Like, he's willing to give you the background behind, like, certain products or a certain service. And he'll tell you exactly why you need it and why it's important to have. And I think it's kind of comparable to... Um, Larry 
from MONYC. Mm-hmm. I was watching a couple of his videos recently, and all the comments are like, this is insane how much you just put out for free. Yeah. Like, you're literally putting out, like, all these essentials for detailers. Um, and then he, he uploaded, like, a full course, basically. It was free? It was all free on YouTube. And it's wow. just crazy. Like, he... I mean, obviously, he gets paid through views and stuff, but not nearly as much as he could make selling a course yeah, for if, thousands of dollars. So, And that kind of stuff, you look at, uh, like, let's say, since here at the agency, at the marketing company, we deal with a lot of paint protection film, window tint, ceramic coating shops. Like, we know all the guys at Ceramic Pro. We know all the guys at Expel. Um, I've done sponsorships with a lot of these people outside of my agency. And those companies, not, not the big companies, well, definitely the big companies, but you look at, like, a window tint shop, those guys are willing to spend a thousand to ten thousand dollars on courses because they would yeah. be like, Oh, well, you're going to be touching our customer cars. You need to know how to properly cut corners. You need to know how to, you know, not let a customer drive off with a ceramic coating on the car, like in the wrong format. Yeah. So you look at someone like Ammo NYC and they give that free stuff out. That's, that's so much value where, you know, that shows maybe not, I don't know if greed is the right word, but someone who really enjoys sharing the value. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he really presents it well, which I love watching them. I've been watching like his polishing series. Um, so I've been he's with this other guy. I swear his his website's called like Buff Daddy or something dot <laughs> com. Um, but he's like super smart, and it's some local guy that grew up in Orange County. That's just like a legend in the detailing world. And so I've been learning a ton just off those videos, which is really cool. That's cool. Yeah, Michael is just like I'm. I'm a car guy. I want to share this information. I want to help people and he gave out like, I learned so much about the crank hub today. He had five different ones there, like the spindle ones and the two chain driven ones and like the single piece and projects that he's working on that we can't talk about too much right now, but there's so much in the works that, um, when I pulled in there, it was pretty exciting. But when we sat down and started talking about some other ideas, it was like really exciting. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to not just having an F80, but I've had so many new friendships. I've had so many new partnerships. I've had, I can't even tell you how much more my social media has taken off the last two weeks. <laughs> yeah, it seems like you got a lot of exposure for it. And it's going to be like an insane build for sure. Yeah, I didn't think I would go too crazy. And then Mike brought up a single turbo today. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. okay. So I'm studying how single turbo setups work on this car now. Yeah. Yeah, there, I think there's only like a couple of them. I mean, I know that one guy, Ben's Beamer, um, he was the first single turbo f80 in southern california so hmm. is that yeah. not is that not popular no not for the f80 m3 why um is it a lot of work to do i mean if you know this stuff i don't know if i'm asking the right i person. don't know okay. i don't know exactly but like it's probably because the platform is a lot newer and usually it takes a while to like figure out the proper way to do it and uh obviously like these companies have to develop a kit like so that's the full manifold oh. of right turbo setup the right all the plumbing all the all the wiring all that stuff so okay i feel like there's a lot that goes into it if it's like an off-the-shelf kit um but if it's like a custom build i'm sure any like really smart mechanic like um like mike could just figure it out you know yeah custom one because i've never been the person to go online and search turbo kits. I mean, I've always just been like, eh, my car's NA, whatever. Oh, you know, supercharger is the biggest thing for E92s. Let's just do that. You know, I never looked into uh, force induction as far as turbos, but 
do you feel pretty comfortable talking about turbos? Like, you know, a good amount since you had an N54. Yeah. So if you can, can you explain to me the benefit of, let's just say with your old car, your N54, why do people go from twin turbo to single? What does that do? So twin turbos are obviously a lot smaller and it gives you that immediate torque, but torque is also like a dangerous thing. Um, especially if you're boosting or if you're on a stock block and it's not built with like forge pistons and, uh, and rods and stuff like that. Um, so the more torque you have, the more chance you have of actually bending a rod. I think that's one of the main things that people kind of move up towards single turbo because you can get really high horsepower. Um, obviously you don't get that immediate torque, that low down torque that is really common with, um, twin turbocharge inline sixes. But if you move to a single turbo setup, you can get those big horsepower numbers, 750, 800 Damn. safer because you're not having all this torque down low because when the engine's not spinning as fast and it's really trying to like, it's hard to explain. Well, the, it yeah. sounds like what was happening is that on the low end, when you have a smaller turbo, you're building boost faster, which essentially is building up uh, the motor spinning, which on higher speeds, it has more strength. Yeah. But what happens, it sounds like when you have um, so much power in the beginning, it, it's probably just twisting everything. It's really putting strain on well, everything. Yeah. You can like really mess up um, when the pistons aren't moving super fast. You can mess them up by putting too much pressure, boost oh. pressure in there and having too big of an explosion. And, you know, I forget what it is. I think it's like pre detonation or something would probably cause that. But. Okay. Yeah, you can basically bend rods really easily, huh. and then that leads to creating holes in the block and stuff. That's like the last that. thing you want to deal with. Yeah, I'm not like super well versed on it, but I do know like how engines work. And yeah, I mean that sounds like it makes sense. And um, one of the my friends from Y Motorsports, uh, he had the crazy M4 GTS car. He uh, one of the guys commented on our last podcast talking about the difference between the competition F80 and the normal one, which I have the executive or normal one. And he gave some really good points. So if anyone who's watching this right now on YouTube, or if you're on the audio, if you can go to YouTube, um, please leave a comment about the benefits of twin turbo versus single turbo. And I'll pin your comment if it has enough information in there, which I'll do every episode. We'll put a big piece of education stuff in the top comment. But I'm really excited to learn. And I, I told myself and Mike and a couple people around me that when I bought the F80M3, I was like, you know what? Let's not do the five to 10 months of like research. Let's not go on YouTube every night. I still did, but like go on YouTube and search all these things that how about we just buy the car and let's learn as we go and let's share that journey because I have these outlets. Now I have YouTube on my main channel. I have my podcast. Now I can really just share like, you know, I hope I come back in six months and I'm like, Oh, I can build a turbo kit myself now. Yeah. And at this stage today, I'm like, why would I do single turbo? But now I'm, I watched a video today of RK tunes and I watched him on the dyno as a 1,080 horsepower F80. And he started like spooling up and I got goosebumps. I'm like, that sounds so sick. Yeah. That's so sick. Oh, another thing is I think heat is a big issue because the smaller the turbos you have, the more you have to crank them up and the more revolutions you have to get out of them. And the more you spin a turbo, the more heat it makes. So mm. I think it's also a heat issue for sure. Cause when you get into like those big power numbers, like 600 and beyond, like you can do twin turbos, but they get pretty hot. I think like the intake air temps get pretty hot. So a lot of people move to single, um, for 
basically for like temperature reasons and okay. also the torque thing that I explained. Yeah, Mike showed me the engine today and I could not see the turbos. Yeah, like they're, they're, they're so hidden. Super far down there. I don't know if Oslan put my my cover back on. They pull off the cover. I don't know if they put it back on. <laughs> I have to go look when I go. So I think they did. But yeah, I was looking at the engine today. I was looking at um Mike explained the the how it's air to water now. Yeah. Air to water. He showed that part. Yeah. He yeah. showed the charge pipes. And I've read online how they're plastic from the factory. Mm-hmm. So you, you want to swap those out when you run bigger numbers. Yeah, because charge pipes are like um, directly. Yeah, they're directly before the intake. So it has a bunch of boost building up inside of that. And so, yeah, plastic cracks easier, obviously, yeah. than, than something like metal. The, dude, the S55, the intakes are positioned really weird. Yeah. They're so they're off center or they're off like they're not parallel. Yeah, I think it's just like the engine the it the engine is super compact like cuz stuff is on top of it like the water cooler. It's slammed is, in there. It's like on top of it and like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of routed weird, but I think that's also a reason why they're a little bit harder to make turbo kits for like a single turbo. There's kit. limited room. Yeah, because like there's so much in that engine bay. It's so yeah. highly packed. But if you think of like a 2JZ, it's like a lot more simpler. The engine straight up, there's only the head the head and valve cover on top of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then like the intake is on this side or I forget which side it is on a JZ. But yeah. there's intake and exhaust and it's like not that complicated. So there's more room. It's so much. And you look at super motors too and anytime they put a big turbo in, there's still so much room around the engine. These yeah. cars and like the S65... I know a guy in Florida, and I, he's, I think he's an Army guy. He has a black E92. And I, we know um, Lucas, who has the twin turbo Laguna Seca blue E92. Mm-hmm. And those two guys are the only ones I know that have twin turbo these cars. And the biggest issue is the room. There's no room. Yeah. There's no room to put these things. And I think it's also like the technology. I mean, I, I could be wrong, but I feel like there's more going on with, like, obviously modern cars. Yeah. They have a lot more technology in them, and they tend to stuff things in the in the engine bay yeah that's the tough part i i'm excited to learn though how did you learn everything about the the n54 uh n54 just like videos and reading forms i love like reading and and learning about stuff that really interests me which mm-hmm. like cars are my passion so yeah i always learn about stuff through forms mainly and yeah. there's a lot of good videos online um, which is how I learned about the S55 too. Oh, cool. So, yeah, there's I, a lot of good stuff out there. I'm excited to learn about this engine because um, it's so new. And I think uh, a lot of people, I don't know if they're scared to spend money, but I think a lot of people are hesitant towards building something to the extreme. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I want to build something as high as I can. And I, I can't say yet, but I'm Parker knows. I've been, I talked to a suspension company today, very high end company. Um, I got a CS hood, M3 CS hood today, which I'm excited to install yeah, that. That's crazy. Rear diffuser, front spoiler, side skirts, spo- uh, everything. I mean, I have almost everything I need. So now it's just um, looking at a set of wheels and the wrap. I have a company I'm working with for a wrap. I, the car is ready to go. I just got to I gotta get to Button Willow. I don't want to do anything until the crank hub and I get at least, at least two sessions in at Button Willow. What's your time goal? Do you have a time goal? Yeah, I do. So... I went out there with the E92 and I ran a 220 first time ever. Um, and I, I got it down to a 211 and I was very happy with that for the first time ever tracking a car. Mm-hmm. And uh, just for reference, 
pretty fast people are sub one minute. So 155 to 159 for two, like two minutes. Yeah, sorry, two minutes. Yeah, one minute. <laughs> Sub one minute. <laughs> That's going to make that? you seem terrible. Wow. No, sorry. Two minutes is fast at this track. We'll put it there. But yeah. I, I ran a 2.11, and I, I think I think I can get a two-minute. Yeah. I think so, because the E92 is fast, but the F80 is fast. Yeah, I think. Very fast. Two, or are you talking stock? Like, nothing done Um, No, I would say halfway through the build. Yeah, I would definitely say halfway. like tires and... That you could get close to that two minute or below it. I think sure. so. I think with the right suspension setup and one bucket seat, I'd love to, but I'll do one. That's not, whatever, we'll see. And the right tires. I would love to go out there with a Nanking AR1 or uh, even a Michelin. You know, I would be willing to do that. I really want to do the AR1. I really want to try a Nanking. Um, and these can fit big tires. You know, you got Gabe running 315 squared. I know he has yeah. modified suspension, like arms and everything, but I'm I'm willing to do that. Yeah. I'm totally willing to do that. So we'll see. Yeah. And the Nanking actually just came out with their CR1. So the AR1. Did our compound post that yesterday? Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. So the AR1 me. is a 100 treadwear tire, which is like, I mean, that's a pretty low rating, but it's like a dedicated track day yeah. track day tire. But the one I think you should try is a CR1, which they just released. It's a 200 treadwear. So mm-hmm. it's like more catered to street plus track oh that's perfect yeah huh i'm willing to do that and it's still i'm sure it's still going to be really fast because people are already like oh that tread design looks exactly like the a052s and people are like this is going to be like a super 200 which super 200s are like basically not even 200 treadwear tires they're just like really fast (laughs) rated tires yeah i I definitely just want to get to button willow and put some times down and then i can really really start modifying the car. I just don't want to, I don't, I want to mod the car. I just want to wait. I want to wait till the right time. Yeah. So we'll see. I'll probably do some cosmetic stuff, but other than that, it's just the waiting game right now. I know. I want to go with you to Bun Willow because yeah, you should. I went once and I haven't been back. Um, when did I go? Uh, I went the end of October and, um, my car was basically the same as it is now, but I ran the best of the day. was a two Oh eight. Um, which I was like really happy with, but I haven't been back, which sucks. Yeah. You know, only, only going once, like you get familiar with the track, but you have to go consistently to like really improve your times. Yeah. I I know how to handle like Phil's Hill. I drifted Phil's Hill at like a hundred and then I know how to handle a couple other ones, but the hardest one was called on ramp and it's like the third turn. It's a right hander and it hooks up. The elevation goes up and you're in a dip. It's almost like a reverse carousel, the Nürburgring and you Mm -hmm. go up and it's like a 20 mile an hour turn, but it's very technical because you come in at 85. Oh, is that like one of the first ones? It's one of the first ones yeah. you come out of the gate. Yeah. And uh, I had overshot that a couple of times. It just took out like 10 cones. And then um, you have to take it very well. I watched Gabe's video. He had GPS and I learned a lot from him. I really want to camp steering wheel too, but that's later on. <laughs> but he, he taught me a lot about how to handle that turn. So now when I go back, my strategy is completely different. Cause I went to the first yeah. time like, Oh, what do I do? You know, I'm scared. And then now I'm like, no, 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 it's not scared. It's just excitement to beat my last time. I don't care about everyone flying by me, whether you're in a Miata or you're in a McLaren 600 LT, I'm out there to get my lap time in. Yeah. So if I can, if you know, I'd be very happy. I go out there and run a 210, even a 211, the same as E92. Cause my E92 was fully modified for the track and I had no track experience. If I can run a 211 in a stock F80, I would be ecstatic. You can do better than that for sure. I think so too. Yeah. You'll beat that. I think even if for whatever reason, like the F80 is not any faster, which I think it is. I'm pretty sure like 
it should be faster than your previous M3. But you're you know the track, and I feel like the first day is always getting used to it. Yeah. Um, the only reason I was able to run like that 208 was because I was like obsessing over videos. So I was so nervous about it, and I didn't want to go out there because we went on an open test day. It wasn't like a um, like a normal track day where you have to stay behind people and wait for them to let you pass. This yeah. was an open test day, and there was like radicals out there. <laughs> there was like this crazy GTR full time attack build. Oh my god! And I was like scared out there, but I watched so many videos before. Um, See, I didn't watch anything. Yeah, and I was then just I, like, eh. <laughs> yeah, that that probably like. Watching videos was really helpful because I only watch E46 M3 videos. Oh, okay. So then it was like kind of similar, even if they didn't have the same mods as me. Yeah, I didn't know the track. I had Matt Rohana show me the track that we were running that day, and I was like, I don't know. And I just went out there, and I did one lap with Fat, and then my car is faster than his, but he's faster around the track technically, and I kind of went off on my own. I followed him for two laps, but like the third, fourth, and fifth – um, I was just ripping and I was kind of get, I was getting used to feeling ABS. I was getting used to spinning a little, not spinning, but losing traction. And then, uh, it got to the point where I had so much, I had so much brake fade so much. My brakes were just marshmallows that, um, I think out of 13 laps, I had three that were really good. Mm. The other ones I either had traffic or I had to pass somebody or a couple of times Honda spun out in front of me and you kind of have to be cautious with that. Um, but I was confident with it, but I feel like going back now, you know, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I have full confidence now. Yeah. Well, I think you should do the open test day because you get more opportunities to do like hot laps. Mm. And I think when you went, you just had the sport pads on, right? Yes. I had to switch back. You I didn't have I had, the track pads. I had track pads on a week before that and I took them off and I never switched them back. Yeah. So stupid. sport pads they'll grease or not grease up but like they'll just start fading well they're so spongy much faster yeah so if you had track pads you probably would have been way more confident well, i could i could tell you right now the 100 percent, i would say that i could gain another five seconds if my pads my brake pads were not messing up because i knew going into corners now i'm like i have to break way earlier now yeah if i didn't have to i would have i would have done way 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 later braking with the car yeah so i think that's 100% my fault, but rookie mistake. It's my first time at the track. I was just happy to be out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's still, it's literally just like the experience is so fun. The only issue I had with my car, like my brakes were great because I had the track pads and I just did a fluid flush. EBC? Yeah. EBC, RPX pads. Um, and then I just did a like race fluid flush. But the issue I had was my tires. They started greasing up after like four laps like mm. of going at it. And then I only have 235s up front. So it was understeering like crazy because oh. it's 235 in the front, 255 rear. So huh. it was just pushing a lot. That's interesting. Which I want to get 275 squared because people say it's like a game changer for my car. Yeah, I had the Shermer spec. I had 275 in the front, 295 in the rear. If anyone's new here, Parker has, has an E46 M3. Mm-hmm. And then I have I had an E92 and now I have an F80 M3. So we're both we're both foreign foreign bo- Beamer boys. What's the company that sent us <laughs> for, close today? Foreign Forum Boys Club. Yeah, Forum Boys Club. Cool, cool <laughs> little BMW group from uh, New Jersey sent us some yeah. product today. Thank you guys for sending that stuff. That's sick. We're part of it now. I know. I feel like we're a part of a uh, the official club. But it's cool because for my birthday, um, I think it was last week. Wasn't it last week? Two weeks ago? It's like the 8th today. So. Oh, okay, my birthday was December 31st. But I had so many people reach out and they're like, hey, we want to send you a gift and um, we want to send you something to the office and for the team. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And we have... 
think seven packages coming this week. Well, next week too. It's a lot. So we got a lot of gifts to go with. We had someone send us 60 monsters. Remember that dude? Yeah. And so many monsters I here. <laughs> that was sick. Which is bad because like oh. I don't need to be drinking those. Yeah, I had to stop after a while. I got <laughs> felt pretty bad after. I mean, I'm trying to think back at some of the best things that people have ever sent us, but I'd say that definitely getting food, like the protein bars and getting drinks yeah. and that stuff is really cool. And then uh majority of the clothes I end up giving to Parker, which I think you and you and George have so many random clothes from people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which I've been like trying to dress up more so i'm trying not to wear as too many like graphic tees anymore mm -hmm. but they're nice for like working out in and yeah i'm the same way i'm like that changing my whole wardrobe and kind of mixing things up a little bit and i think now now that i have this car i want to feel a little I, i'm sick of wearing two-year-old converse i'm thankful for them but i'm ready for <laughs> a little bit more mature you know i'm 29 now i'm, a, I'm an adult well start wearing suits should i wear a full like a hitman suit Every shave day. my head and you can put a barcode in the back of my head every day <laughs> i think that's the only answer what would you do if i showed up in a suit you think something's wrong i'd be worried <laughs> i'd be, be so like, worried what kind of meeting do we have today <laughs> getting a call i'd be more worried whoa unknown. what number was that like 800 numbers that was unknown name oh i thought it was a bunch of numbers like 300 of them <laughs> you know it's funny dude I, I haven't stayed here until this late and i don't know how long Really? Yeah, it's it's pitch black outside right now. I did this like the other day. Yeah, I don't do it often. Usually, I I like to work the seven a.m. to two p.m. schedule. But I'm uh, I, I it's nice because I have a whiteboard in here and got all organized today. And I think we started a new tradition uh tradition today on Friday deli subs. What do we call it? I feel like we need a better name. Something that like rhymes, because Friday doesn't like Friday. Comment below and let Friday us know. Friday food frenzy. Yeah. Triple F. Yeah. Friday food frenzy. Something like that. Because I, I want to start doing sandwich reviews. I've grown to really love deli sandwiches, mostly because of the fact that Parker and I grew up in La Jolla and we always went to this place called Wine Time and they got shut down because of the, the uh, food administration gave them too bad of a grade and they got completely shut down. And I was like, wow, I've eaten over 40,000 sandwiches from they that place. They like rats or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> well, anything you needed, any kind of wine, any kind of drink. I mean, they had like the most random foreign peach tea that tasted amazing, the most insane German chocolates. And then they had a deli that was shoved in the back behind all the overstock of the, the drinks. They had. It was, it was a weird collection of stuff. They had like a full wine cellar and just boxes and boxes of wine. Everywhere. And then there was a whole section of international candies. Yeah. I think they had like international drinks too. Yeah. And then, yeah, the deli, and, it, and then they had just had like normal convenience store stuff Dude, too. It was so, it was right next to Symbolic where I used to work. And I can't tell you how many times I went there to pick up sandwiches for people that worked there or for me. It was a good place just to go with a like a customer, grab a sandwich, grab a drink, some chips, you're good. And then my friend Greg, he used to have an office above that. And he used to go there a lot too. Then he's the one who told me on Facebook last week. He's like, yeah, they got shut down. You told me this last year. And I was like, I don't believe you. And then I, I, I put a <laughs> Facebook status on my, yeah. <laughs> my Facebook. They've been closed for a long time. <laughs> and then all my high school friends were like, yeah, it's a, it's a Dick's liquor now. Yeah. Out of all places to have a liquor store like that. Like wine time was so iconic. I know. Is Baskin Robbins still there? Uh, Yeah. It's still there. I yeah. figured that's still there. I think so. I don't know. I haven't been there either. In a long time. But. Yeah, I haven't been to La Jolla, I think, before Florida. Maybe I went down there once, but I'd love to go shoot down there in uh, Wind and Sea and get some photos in Pacific Beach, too. It's nice going down there, but unless 
like my friends are home, it's just kind of like I hate to say it, but it's kind of just boring. You know, there's there's not a lot going on. It's gorgeous, and like I love where I grew up, but there's just not much down there in terms of friends. Everyone's at school right now, so yeah, I've most of my friends are married and they live somewhere else or. Uh, it's just not, I don't know, man. I went to La Jolla a couple of times and I just, I drive around and I think of all the memories I had there and I, I really cherish it. Then I'm like, eh, I want to go home. And that's Orange County. <laughs> like, that's how I feel. Cause I've been here yeah. for seven or eight years and I really like Irvine. I really enjoy being here. I have really good friends here, really good setup and cars. And, um, but I don't know, La Jolla does have a special place in my heart, but I think that as you get older, you go through chapters and you're like, eh. Well, this feels like home to me too. Yeah. I've been here for like three plus years or something, maybe almost four. But yeah, I mean, La Jolla used to feel like home, but yeah, do- it doesn't now. It's crazy. Which is weird, but. Yeah, I was looking at YouTube today and I saw March 3rd, 2017 was when I quit my nine to five job and opened up this agency. So we're, we're coming up on four years of the agency being here and you're, you've passed three years, which is nuts. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, it's been a while. Time goes by quickly when you're having fun. That's what I noticed. The, the last two weeks yeah. we've had so much. Every day has been fun. You've been dunking on George, just slamming on him on the mm-hmm. basketball hoop. You hear that, George? <laughs> dunking on him. And he's going to smoke you in the new sim that we got. We got direct drive. I had to bring that in because the other one didn't work. <laughs> it's messed up. Well, we were playing it like, I mean, we played it a good amount. And George was driving around and it just disconnected mid Oh, perfect perfect and, <laughs> and like everything would pause and the wheelbase would just turn off and then we're like okay oh my god and then we would plug it back in it would turn on just keep racing and then what happened like 10 minutes later oh. and then the other day it decided that it's going to disconnect but it's going to disconnect forever it won't turn on anymore it's forever disconnected yeah that's like a very soft way of saying someone died <laughs> it, they're forever disconnected Oh my God. We lost video, oh. but we're still here. It's okay. Yeah. I, I left this morning and I grabbed the direct drive system and I was like, please don't break. Cause that thing weighs a lot, but, um, in the back of it, there's a torque key where you can just pull it out. And I think it brings it down to under, uh, 30% power. Oh really? But in, in equivalence, I think eight to 10% of that is max of this. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That thing is, mo- that thing's $1,400 just for that little cube. That's crazy. Yeah, and they have one above that called the Direct Drive 2, and that one's all carbon. But that one's I like turned this up all the way, and it didn't feel that crazy. Yeah, it wouldn't. This one's, I think, the $300 one. Oh. Yeah, so they have this one. Nate has the $500 one, mm. and then this is DD1, which is pretty strong. Like, it's strong. very strong. <laughs> so you got to be cautious. So I'll take the torque key out, and then um, are you, you're not coming in tomorrow, but um, maybe bring the toolbox in on Monday. Yeah, I'll bring it Monday. Okay, what are we filming this weekend? Um, I want to go to the canyons and go drive. Yeah, same here. No, that's that's for sure. And then I might do like a little six month review on my car. Oh yeah, okay. something like that. Cool. I'll help you film that. Yeah, I'm gonna do canyons with my car with you, and uh, I'll come up with some kind of title for the video. But I'd like to just go, maybe maybe a video about my first experience with the F80 and the turns. Like, is this car too heavy, or is the F80 M3 way too heavy, or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, you definitely need to experience that. I, I have yeah, I have I have one on ramp at sixty miles an hour under my belt, and that's it. I mean, they're they're crazy capable. Yeah, I'm sure you'll pull away from me, but that's okay. Sorry, right. I got good brakes. I can wait for you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make it work. Yeah. 
Cool. Well, it's uh, it's Friday at 5.30 or something. I don't know. And I'm tired as hell. I need to go home and chill. It's been a long day. Yeah. I am sleepy. Me too. Well, I want to say thank you guys so much for watching. Been crushing the views lately on the podcast. And we've had so much support that it means a lot to us. So if you can, Parker, you know the deal. What, what do you tell them to do? What should we have them do? Subscribe. Yep. Like this video. Thumbs up. And leave a comment. Um, what's your favorite BMW? Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Peace. Bye. I wanted to wave to the camera, but there's no one to wave to. Oh. Yeah, I was looking. <laughs>